Welcome everyone to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found on Level Down Games that's posted every Wednesday morning on YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm Brian, joined as always by the Level Luchador, El Francaro. Hey guys! Today's episode is a special one. It's time for Radio Hour Volume 2. So, as we mentioned before, we're going to do this once a month. A reminder for what Radio Hour actually is. No themes. No specific games. Just an eclectic mix of 12 tracks, six from myself and six from El Francaro, in their entirety for your listening pleasure this Wednesday morning. Um, what you just heard bringing us into Volume 2 of Radio Hour was the opening theme from The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, my first choice. And it's a game that I actually just recently finished and put a review up on both our YouTube channel and leveldowngames.com. It is such a fantastic game. I, I understand why Justin said this game is in his top three for JRPGs now. Um, it very well could be in mine, um, not going to lie. This game is so good. Um, Composer-wise, this is just done by Falcom Sound Team. So how they do their games, like, you know, for, for Ease, for The Legend of Heroes, for Tokyo Xanadu, we don't really know, unless they make it known, which composer is responsible for each song in the game. They just tag everything as Falcom Sound Team. And as we know, and from what we've heard on previous episodes of BG Mania and talked about on other podcasts, Falcom Sound Team is one of the best in the business. Yeah. They, they they produce some of the greatest music in terms of video games, in terms of composition. I am just always 
a huge smile on my face every single time I hear something by them. Um, and Trails of Cold Steel is no different. Um, it has a rocking soundtrack. So, I mean, you have this opening theme here, which plays as soon as you start the game. It's also the song that they used in the main trailers for the, for the game, if you saw those on YouTube. Um, it's just so good. I mean, it's a, it's a mix of, like, Japanese pop and Japanese rock and... I just can't say enough good things about this song. <laughs> no, I, I like this track very upbeat, poppy. Yes, uh, yes. You know, it's, it does put you in a good mood. Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, and, and the story found within The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, one of the best. Uh, it, it follows Class 7, it follows Reen Schwarzer, uh, Alyssa Reinford, and a bunch of his team, you know, his friends and classmates from Class 7 at Thor's Military Academy as they go out into the Erebonian Empire. And like I said, it's a story about a war between nations. It's a story about finding yourself as a teenager in, in this military academy, uh, building friendships, building relationships. Um, check out my review. Like I said, either watch it on YouTube or, or read the text version on leveldowngames.com for a full, detailed, in-depth overview of this game. Um, this is more about the music, and I, and I do want to talk about it here for a second longer. Um... I, I, I had a hard time. I knew I wanted to choose something from this game, but I had a hard time picking exactly which track I wanted to play because it's all they're all so good. So you're going to hear more tracks from this game in the future. Um, like like I said, a, a future episode of BG Mania is going to be dedicated to Ease Eight, which is coming out here soon in North America. Um, I I would love to do episodes dedicated to each Falcom game, and, and I mean, but. To be fair to El Francaro, I, I, we have to do stuff that's you know that's in his wheelhouse as well. So, uh. <laughs> but at least at least you like this music. I mean, you 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 recognize Falcom's soundtracks as some I, of the best. Absolutely. So. In fact, um, later on in the episode, I may have actually picked something from uh, a Falcom uh, composer. There there is a possibility that you have have something that a uh, guy from uh, Falcom is is known for. So. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But uh, speaking of my wheelhouse, yes, uh, taking you from something very upbeat and positive, I want to take you into one of my favorite games that is anything but upbeat and positive. I'm going to take you to Tristram Village from Diablo 1 and 2. Bye. 
And that was Tristram Village from Diablo. Um, so freaking good. Yeah, so uh, this was composed by uh, Matt Yulman, uh, who did a lot of work for Blizzard. He uh, did the music for uh, Diablo 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. He's also the main composer for StarCraft. Uh, he did some music for World of Warcraft, The Burning Crusade. Right, which, also, was a, which was a great soundtrack and one, probably my favorite expansion, so... And he, also did, he did the music for the Torchlight games as well. Which, surprise, those are great games too. They really are. Go figure. Uh, yeah, but uh, I've heard this song so many times. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you start in Tristan Village. Of course, yeah, this is the opening song that you hear, really. So, but, Yeah, and the Diablo games, I am such a big fan. Me too, uh, me too. I mean, this is this is a trilogy that I just I'd love to no end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't wait for Diablo Four. Uh, Diablo Four is going to uh, I'm going to be just on my PC twenty eight hours a day. Uh, <laughs> you will find an additional four hours a day and I'll, make it I'll, happen. <laughs> I will find a way to get in there. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, this is like this is one of my top five series of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the longest time, and I know I, I'm all about the retro this, the retro that. For the longest time, I was a PC gamer. Sure. And Di- Diablo really like it got it got me into these kinds of games. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, I'm a hack and slash kind of guy. I like to just kill and loot and get my treasure. And th- this song, this song just it perfectly encapsulates this just this town full of dread. Where, you know, the Lord Diablo is you know reigning r- reigning his destruction and right. Uh. I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. I love this series. It's good, so, so. man. It's so good. Yeah, I, I haven't, um, I haven't finished Diablo three yet. I still, like I said, I, I have a save on PlayStation four. I have a save on PC. Um, I need to go back and actually just finish it because I didn't do the newest content yet. So, oh really? Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't actually played it in a while, actually. So, uh, I've, I've missed uh, out. Um, I think I played it as every possible can play at every race every yeah every combination yeah i mean i played the crap out of diablo 2 when it was when it was you know the thing to play um but yeah diablo 3 uh i i played it a lot when it first came out picked it back up like maybe a year later and then just haven't really played much since so i definitely need to go back and finish it uh it's such a good game like i said blizzard um as i've mentioned a lot of times one of my favorite developers probably my favorite developer in terms of studios goes for video game development um they just have a way with games, and they have a way with making soundtracks. Yeah, so, I haven't found a Blizzard <laughs> game that's had a bad soundtrack yet. <laughs> right, I know. So this this one just speaks volumes to how talented you know the people that they work with, or the people in house people sometimes that make games as well, or uh, soundtracks for them as well. Um, so yeah, great choice. I- I'm totally digging this one. Very good choice. Um, and in in a similar vein, my next choice comes from Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, a game that I've spoken about very much um, in, a, in a studio that I also adore, Bioware, which I'm kind of nervous for right now. Um, this is probably my favorite song from the game. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get back. I don't want to give my thoughts on it yet until you hear it. This is The Dawn Will Come. Thank you. 
And that was The Dawn Will Come from Dragon Age Inquisition. Like I said, a game that I've spoken out about um, quite frequently. Maybe not so much on our podcasts, but I I know to friends and to L. Frank Caro. I I love the Dragon Age series. Um, It's probably my favorite series that Bioware actually does. I know, obviously, they're famous for Mass Effect as well. Knights of the Old Republic and other things, among other things. Um, But Dragon Age, to me, has always been my favorite series that they do. And... Like I said, I'm nervous for Bioware after what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, recently, we found out that Andromeda is not getting any more single-player content. Um, it's not getting any more updates. So, And it sounds like the Mass Effect franchise is putting being put on hiatus. Um, we do know that they're working on Dragon Age 4. They, you know, the, the person, I forget, she's either the artist or one of the, the designers for the game, did say that they were working on the next Dragon Age. So we know it's in production. Hopefully they actually are able to finish it. I would love to see where the story goes next. Um, the Dawn Will Come is a very powerful song in the game. It takes place at a pivotal moment, too. It's a chantry hymn sung by uh, Mother Giselle to comfort the Inquisitor and basically inspire the entire Inquisition after leaving their homeland, after leaving the Haven. So, you know, um, this war starts breaking out and they, the Inquisitor decides to lead his people away from where, where all this is taking place. And they stop in like the middle of these mountainous air, this mountainous area. They, they set up camp and then they, they, you know, they have this huge bonfire going and then one character, I forget which one it is, um, Leviana, I think it is. No, uh, I think no, I think actually Mother Giselle starts it. Uh, she starts humming it, and then Leliana and Colin join in. And like I said, it's just a powerful moment. Um, this is before the Inquisition finds the Skyhold, finds what they would consider their base for the entire rest of the game. Um, and then pretty much the entire party, the entire Inquisition, you know, hundreds of people stand up and just start standing around this fire singing this song. So, so what you're hearing there in the music is basically all these voices coming together to sing this chantry hymn. And the lyrics, I don't know if you, if you really paid attention to them. The lyrics are pretty powerful. So I have them pulled up here. I'm not going to sing it, but I want to I read you to, to what this song is saying. It says, Shadows fall and hope has fled. Steal your heart, the dawn will come. The night is long and the path is dark. Look to the sky, for one day soon the dawn will come. The shepherd's lost and his home is far. Keep to the stars, the dawn will come. The night is long and the path is dark. Look to the sky, for one day soon the dawn will come. Bear your blade and raise it high. Stand your ground, the dawn will come. And then it repeats the entire thing over again. So 
like I said, this this song, it's it's a very simple song. It, there's no instrumentation involved. It's all just the human voice. It's all acapella. It's a it's a it's a chantry hymn. So I mean, you know, think of something like you know Sunday's church type of of a hymn. But um, such a powerful song. It was a moment in the game where I just I was not expecting it to happen when it did. It gave me instant goosebumps. I had to stop playing. I, because I had saved right before, I stopped, immediately turned the system off, turned it back on, replayed it through again to watch it again. And then um, I pulled it up on YouTube and had to listen to it even more because, like I said, it just it hit me at a point when I wasn't expecting it. And I love when games do that. I love when music does that. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition was composed by Trevor Morris, who's probably best known for things like TV shows like The Tudors and The Borgias. So um, very all, also in... in in the realm of Dragon Age Inquisition, it's very much like that. Obviously, these like medieval yeah, times. Yeah, like so kind of yeah, period. so it's definitely period uh, based, um, and it's just it's so good. There, there's the soundtrack in it. Like I said, he he definitely um, did a really good job with the uh, the soundtrack to Dragon Age Inquisition. I hope that he gets work for Dragon Age Four. I'd like to see him come back and do you know more for Dragon Age. Um, it's just a great game and I, I played all the DLC I did everything in this game that I could possibly do over a hundred hours into it um, I, I've been very critical on the amount of fetch quests in Dragon Age Inquisition there are a ton and some of them are extremely long but the gameplay for the most part very solid and then the story top notch and obviously the music yeah so I, I actually enjoyed that uh, tune um, which will actually lead me into on just un- unknown to you yes it's my song I too have chosen a Bioware title. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I, I didn't know this one. We, obviously, I, I, we make our picks separately. So, I, I, and you had mentioned the word Shepherd there. I did. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be picking Vermeer Ride from Mass Effect. Vermeyer Ride uh, from Mass Effect uh, that was composed by Jack Wall mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have too many credits to his name to be quite honest he did the music for Mass Effect 1 and 2 mm-hmm. you know, he also did the, the music for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, 2 and 3 as well as Dota 2 mm-hmm. 
But yeah, uh, just going back to Bioware and Mass Effect, I need these games to, <laughs> to keep on going. Hopefully they do. I, I'm very optimistic that they will, but I mean, who knows? I mean, this Andromeda news actually got me down. Um, yeah, yeah, we and we read the, the statement from Bioware about Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, I want to say it was two weeks ago, maybe last week on Max Level. I think it might have been two weeks ago. Yeah, but this this song itself, though, just very, you know, it, it, this song kind of encapsulates what Mass Effect's about. It's a space age rockin' kind of deal. Uh, right. Very, ED, very EDM-centric uh, kind of music here. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, for sure. And definitely an L. Frank Carroll pick. I always like to keep my things pretty upbeat and poppy uh, or metal. Sure. I love the metal. But uh, this... I can't pinpoint exactly when this actually happened in the game, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I really don't. But I do remember just when just hearing this, I was like, yeah, this got me pumped. Like, I'm going to go kill some things. <laughs> I like how your mood is always so different when you're playing a game. Like, it is, you know. I'm so, a, very, a very passive and peaceful Some guy. Some days you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go help everyone and... Uh, and do what I can to save the world. And other times you're like, no, I'm just going to go kill every single thing I see. <laughs> Honestly, you should see me play Skyrim. Uh, I, I Sometimes I'm like, I am the paladin of the land. I am the sword of justice. I am doing everything right. Other times I'm like, I don't like this town. Some village, well, some villages are spared. Some are burned to the ground. <laughs> I, I, leave, I leave the children alive only because they do not let me kill them. Sure. Uh, there's got to be a future somewhere. Otherwise, I would salt the earth. I'm just I'm just a horrible, horrible human being when I play these games. <laughs> Listen, I'm also the exact opposite. I will, you know, I, I won't even, you know, spot a fly away. Right. I usually, I like to play through games that um, that don't have you kill anything. Like that give you an option to get through the game without killing a single person or a single thing. I will always try to play those games that way because I think it's fun and it's a, it's very challenging. So I like games that let you do that. Um, and games where you have to actually kill and, and that kind of stuff. I, I'm very passive. Passive-aggressive. I, I will try not to kill anyone if I have to. Um, I will help as many people as I can. I do... I, I will skip side quests here and there, but if it's a side quest that actually involves me helping out somebody for the greater good, I always do those side quests. I always try to play my characters as as someone that is, is helpful. And, and I try to portray them in an aspect that's very similar to me. So, I, I mean, I don't go around just randomly killing people. So, I, I don't play my characters that way. Uh, you know, I just... I, I, like, I like to play a version of me that would never exist. Sure, of uh, course, yeah. No, the, and, and everyone's different, so... Um, but my actual next pick is going to be from a game called Eco. Maybe you've heard of it. This is a track called You Were There.
And that was You Were There from Eco, which is, it's the end credits thing. It's the end credit song. So it's the last song you're going to hear in the game. Um, the soundtrack was composed by Michiro Oshima and Pentagon, who I believe is a, a band, I'm assuming. I'm not really in, entirely sure on that. Um, Oshima arranged the songs, and then um, Pentagon arranged some of the other songs. I think Oshima was the one responsible for You Were There. He was responsible for a couple tracks in the game, and the Pentagon, um, you know, did some of the other tracks there. So this this is great. Um, this song just encapsulates everything that is Eco, a very powerful emotional game. Uh, the first game from Team Eco, obviously, you know, known for this game, and then they went on to do Shadows of the Colossus, and then more recently they did The Last Guardian. So very very powerful games for the studio. Um, just a killer track i mean it's it's super good it's like you asked if it was like you know is this telling the story of the game it's not um there are lyrics to it obviously but obviously it's it's foreshadowing i mean like if there there are ports parts of the song that could apply to the game but um it's not directly spoiling anything in the game but eco was such a good game and did you so you haven't played this one right i haven't played this one i have played shadow of the colossus so uh, i I played that one i I think shadow of the colossus was probably their best one to be honest it was a great game i have and it's getting it's getting remade for playstation 4 next year so awesome awesome yeah i definitely want that to get remade so that uh people who missed out on it can definitely get a hold of that game yeah it's getting a full remake on playstation 4 next year so shadow of the colossus coming out next year uh gonna be great i hope eco gets a full remake as well um, very similar in style to Shadow of the Colossus, similar in style to The Last Guardian. It's an action-adventure game. Uh, Fumetto Ueda, who was responsible for these games, is a freaking genius. Um, wanted to just basically create this minimalistic game centered around boy meets girl. And that's exactly what Eco is. So, super cool, uh, super fun, very powerful, very emotional, just like all their other games. Uh, if you haven't played it, I, I can't recommend it enough. So, Absolutely. Um... Now, I'm going to go to something that's not too powerful, not too emotional, but it's very awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of my, I'll, I'll dare to say, probably my favorite sports game of all time. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be picking the team select screen music from NBA Jam. Enjoy us. team select screen from NBA Jam uh, yeah, that was my third shot in a row seems like this kid's on fire boom, boom shakalaka <laughs> uh, this was composed by John Hay um, 
not too many credits to his name. He did mm-hmm. uh, Smash TV. Mm-hmm. He did NHL Open Ice and Wayne Gretzky uh, 3D Hockey. Mm-hmm. But he's also, uh, another crazy credit to his name. He's responsible for various grunts and screams in Mortal Kombat 2 and 3. Perfect. <laughs> right up right up, right up, up your alley, too. Exactly. Um, but yeah, NBA Jam, like I said, probably one of my favorite sports games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just two-on-two basketball, over-the-top, physics-breaking action. Uh, it's it's basketball and cartoons mashed together. It's, right, with with some crazy secret hidden characters. <laughs> yes, uh, secret characters including uh, Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton and Al Gore. Yeah, uh, you can play as Weasel. You can play as uh, mm. George Clinton, the, the the grandfather of Funk. Yep. Yeah, they, some of the I just remember like playing this game on the Super Nintendo with my friends back in you know elementary school it was so much fun. Um, we would always try to figure out, like, you know, just like we mentioned in the Mortal Kombat episode, going to the store and getting these magazines to try to find cheat codes and secret yes. characters. The same thing with NBA Jam. I mean, we would go there looking after we found out, like, you know, Bill Clinton was in the game, um, trying to figure out exactly who else could possibly be in the game. And we would go, you know, scour these magazines, trying to figure out who was there. Um, man... Who, a, lot of, a lot of these codes, they, they were hidden for a long time. No, they, they, they really were. So, um, trying to think who else was there. It's more of some of the, uh, obviously, we... Well, well a, a, lot, a lot of the development team were actually, were, were, were some of the, the major hidden characters. Right, yeah. So, I know there was Air Dog. I remember him. Air Dog, yes. Um, who else was there? There was, yeah, a, a lot of developers, people that really, uh, like Warren Moon, um... Eric Kuby. Yeah, I, I used to always love putting on big head mode as well. <laughs> yeah, big head mode. Um, obviously made famous by NBA Jam. I think oh, might have yeah. been the first game to actually do it. I don't remember, it, though. It, it, it could be. It could be. I'm not sure. But yeah, in this game, uh, it had a resurgence. Uh, they did the remake for, what was it, 360? And, yes. Uh, PS3? Yeah, it was on the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, more recently, they did. They tried to recapture that magic with NBA Playgrounds. Terrible game. Did not recapture the magic of NBA Jam. I, there's a review up on the on Games that I did a few months back. It's not any good. It's not worth it. Stick to the original. It's just it's the best around. So. Yeah, absolutely. This is a game I really wish would have made itself to the uh, SNES Classic. That would have been cool. Uh, you know, because uh, that, that's something that's lacking in sports games. Like I said, easily top three sports games for me and that's saying a lot because i love sports games that's something that i don't you know but most people don't know about me is i, I really do love you some sports games and nba jam just it's, it's, like you said it's a game that the, the connection of friends looking up codes and playing yeah. this one together yeah. uh it just came at the right time in my childhood it, like it just it's cemented as like one of the best for me of all time yep uh speaking of good games it leads us into my next pick um a, a franchise you and I are both extremely familiar with. This is a song from F-Zero GX. And what I chose is Night of Big Blue.
And that was Night of Big Blue from F-Zero GX, which released on the Nintendo GameCube back in 2003 here in North America. I think it was 2003 everywhere, Japan, North America, and Europe. Um, F-Zero is a franchise I desperately wish would return for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, we're going to get a taste of the original F-Zero on the Super Nintendo Classic on, you know, in September when it comes out on the 29th. But F-Zero GX was a fantastic game. I played the crap out of this on the GameCube. I spent a so, lot of so hours playing this game. Uh, it might honestly be the F-Zero that I played the most in terms of all of them, and I have played them all. Uh, F-Zero is probably my one of my favorite futuristic racing games. I prefer it over Wipeout any day. Um, but, yeah, I, I really hope that a new entry is coming in the F-Zero franchise. Um, just iconic soundtracks all around. I mean, some of the songs in there... If we were to play them, you would instantly know what, what they are. Um, this one in particular. There's some other ones, you know, stage-specific songs that are just so good, so memorable. Um, it was composed by uh, Hadenori Shoji and Daike Keijo. So I'm not 100% familiar with a lot of um, a lot of his work. But Hadenori Shoujo, to give him a quick shout-out, he's the main composer of the Yakuza series. There you go. So... He, he did Yaku, he does the entire Yakuza series, and then obviously he does F Zero GX. Um, looks like he also did Super Monkey Ball as well. That's a good game too. I remember that having a good soundtrack. Yeah, but um, but Daiki Keisho, the one that I said I, I'm not too familiar with with a lot of his work. He does he 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 looks like he does random tracks in, in various video games. He doesn't have any full-blown soundtracks to his name. Like, he doesn't been responsible for any one particular soundtrack. He just contributes to some of them. Looks like he's contributed songs to the Gran Turismo series. Uh, he's contributed songs, obviously, to F-Zero GX. And um, he did one song for King of Fighters. So, like I said, he just kind of picks and chooses what he what he chooses to work on. I'm not sure um, exactly who he is or, or, or why he does that. But uh, he might be able to get away with doing his own stuff, too. Who knows? Yeah, but, but your song, like, it may, like I told you, like as you're listening, makes me just want to hop in my car. Oh yeah, just to like, speed around and just, you know, get on a futuristic racetrack, hover aboard, and hopefully you don't crash into Mute City. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Mute City, probably the most famous track from the entire Astero series. So, the entire in, as far as soundtrack goes. But um, no, this one here, Night of the Big Blue, freaking awesome! Such a good song. Um, and I'm and I'm hoping that, like I said, the fact that Nintendo is including F Zero in the SNES Classic, I'm assuming they know there's interest from fans to bring this series back. I'm hoping they're secretly working on a new F Zero for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's just now that the Switch has basically combined the handheld and console markets into one. Uh, granted, the 3DS and the 2DS still exist. But I do think those are on their way out, even though they're getting new games. They're not getting very many new games all the, you know, anymore in 2017, especially in 2018. Um, I think the Switch is still getting a decent amount of games. There's been one per month since, since the game came out, like one high-profile game per month on the Switch. Uh, I don't think the situation is as dire for the Nintendo Switch as some people make it out to be. Nintendo is supporting the console. They do have games coming for the Switch. Uh, there's high-profile games all the time. I mean, not all the time, but like like I said, at least one a month. You know, we had Splatoon 2. We had ARMS. We had Mario Kart Deluxe. We had The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, we have Mario Plus Rabbids coming out the same day this podcast comes out. Uh, no, yesterday, actually. This comes out on Wednesday, so the, the Mario Plus Rabbids is already released. You could already be playing it right now. Um... Next month you'll be playing. Uh, Next month you'll play. 
Um, which, 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 what's September? September's a big one. Pocken Pocken Tournament DX. There you go. And then, yeah, and then obviously October is going to be Fire Emblem Warriors and Super Mario Odyssey. November is um, probably Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. So, yeah, so solid releases all the way. All yeah, around. so there's at least one high profile game every month, and I mean, it's a it's a nice variety. They're they're supporting the system. We we know Kirby 2018 is coming. We know Metroid Prime Four is coming. We know the new Yoshi game is coming. So we obviously know there's a new Animal Crossing coming. We know there's all this stuff coming. So the the Switch is getting support, and I I would like to see like now that like I said now that they've effectively combined the handheld and console markets. Perhaps we'll actually start getting more games too. So a lot of things that we would normally have seen on the 3DS, hopefully, will start coming to the Switch, and we'll get even more games. Like, like I always say, imagine if the library for the 3DS and the Wii U were combined. What a killer library that would have been! Oh yeah, because that's basically what the Switch is going to look like in three or four more years. So I'm down. Just hopefully, Nintendo, you're listening, and hopefully, you make a new F Zero for the Switch because that's what I want, and that's what a lot of people want. Absolutely, and now I'm going to take it retro. Uh, it's one of my uh, all-time favorite platformers. We're uh, going to take a trip to the forest, the dream forest that is Rayman.
And that was Dream Forest from Rayman. Uh, that was composed by Remy Gutzel. Um He really only ever did the Rayman series. Right, but hey, it's uh, a good series to do. He did. Uh, he actually recently did a Kickstarter uh, to do a whole album called The Collector. It was a remix um, of the uh, Rayman music. Oh, that's uh, cool. More, more modernized. He actually got the blessing of Ubisoft to do so. They actually backed him and believed in him so much. Uh, and it was successfully funded. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, he, he's uh, he's pretty big out in France. Uh, he's he's a bit his, his big claim to fame, like I said, is the series, and it's a ser- You know, his music still endures. It's, it's his his music was even uh, used in the most recent Rabbids game. The one, uh, Ray, the one just now, Rayman. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay, okay, okay. okay, okay sorry. Really, uh, the most recent Rabbids game. Okay. Because uh, I was gonna say, because obviously picking a Rayman game, you didn't even catch the tie-in with uh, when I mentioned Rabbids Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So uh, I was just so excited to get my track out, but I didn't. Even <laughs> <take a button. laughs> no, I, I I don't know if his music actually is in this one or not, because uh, I, I really don't know. Yeah, but I love the Rayman games. I mean, that's. I like the traditional Rayman games, yes. I'm not a huge fan of the Rabbids games. Um, no, Mar- they're, Mario they're plus Rabbids right. looks great. Obviously, the composer for that one, Grant Kirkhope, we've, we've talked about him plenty of times in the past. Um, you know, just a, a phenomenal composer in his own right. But uh, I don't know if this guy's music... Would you say Remy... Remy Gunsell? Remy Gunsell. I don't know if his music is going to be in, in Mario plus Rabbids, but... Uh, we might catch a reprise, you know. Yeah, you might get, like, teases back to it or something like that. But I do like the traditional Rayman games. I think um, Rayman Legends was fantastic. Um, I, I just recently got that, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, I've been playing it since the beginning. Uh, I, I, I still have them all somewhere. Mm-hmm. Did you get Did you get Rayman Legends on the Switch? Is it out on the Switch yet? I don't even think it's out on the Switch. No, I got a PS4. Uh, come, it, comes out, it comes out on the Switch September 12th. It's the definitive edition for the Switch. Um, Son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, the Rayman series. I played Rayman Legends when it was on PS4. Um, I think it was like two years ago I played it. It was such a good game. Um, freaking, like, when you get to, like, the boss moment battles and, like, the, the rock and soundtrack kicks in. It's just so cool. Um, what were some of the other good Rayman games? I don't... Like I said, I hated the Rabbit games. Rayman 3 was okay. Um... Uh, the the one the one on the Wii was pretty good. Um, wasn't that one? Uh, or was that Origins? It could have been Origins. Origins was pretty good. You're right. I did like that one. Um, obviously going back to the original. I mean, when I played um Rayman Two: The Great Escape, I played that yes. on um, Nintendo 64 actually. So I don't know. You, I don't know. You probably played it the same place at 64. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great series. Um, super fun platforming games. I, I hope that that series continues. I hope they do something after Rayman Legends. Because like I said, Rayman Legends was such a great game. So I would like to see this this one definitely continue. So, um, at, the very, at, the, at the very least, let's get him into Smash Brothers. Yeah, that'd be so cool. I would I would be totally down. I would, I'm surprised he hasn't been in there yet, to be honest. Um, my next pick, one of the most emotional games I've ever played in my life. A game called To the Moon. I'll explain why when we come back. This track is called Everything's Alright.
chin up I can't step into the spotlight She said I'm sad Somehow without any words I just stood there Searching for an answer When this world is no That was Everything's Alright from To The Moon. Now, give me a second while I compose myself and, and wipe away the tears, obviously. This is an emotional game. Um, it's a role-playing game developed by a studio called Freebird Games, which this is really all that they've done. They did To The Moon. They did a, a short sequel to To The Moon called A Bird Story, and they're working on another sequel called Finding Paradise. Um, these games are all developed in RPG Maker for the PC. So they were developed with a you know a software that's freely available to purchase, super easy to use. Um, but this is from a Canadian designer. His name is Can Gal. He came up with the concept for the game. He designed the game. He did the art for the game. He did the music for the game. 
He did everything for this game. It's it's he did have some help with you know in terms from other artists and other designers, but a majority of the writing, a majority of the composition is all original stuff from him. It's so freaking good. Um, this came back in 2011, so we're going on you know six years old now for this game. Um, it just recently came out for iOS and Android back in May of this year, 2017. Like I said, it's it's a 16-bit 2D role-playing game built in the RPG Maker engine. Um, very much like if you think of like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy or um, even Secret of Mana, anything from like the Super Nintendo era, that's generally what this game plays like. Um, Plot-wise, I wanted to pull up an official summary because I can't do this game justice. So I pulled up the plot here on Wikipedia and I wanted to just kind of read what this game is. So, you know, fair, fair warning. There's going to be slight spoilers here. I know Frank, Al Francaro doesn't care. Um, he's not going to play this game, but he wants to know about this game. So if you are interested in playing this game, I highly suggest skipping forward about five, six minutes. Go ahead and jump to Al Francaro's next track. It's going to be a good one. Um, but just skip what I'm about to say if you have any interest in this game. So spoiler start now this is like i said this this description is from wikipedia sigmund corporation uses a technology that can create artificial memories they offer this as a wish fulfillment service to people on their deathbeds since these artificial memories conflict with the patient's real memories the procedure is only legal to do on people without much time left to live Sigmund Corporation employees Dr. Ava Rosaline and Dr. Neil Watts are tasked with fulfilling the lifelong dream of the dying Johnny Wiles. Johnny wants to go to the moon, although he doesn't know why. The doctors insert themselves into an interactive compilation of his memories and traverse backwards through his life via mementos. With each leap to an important moment in Johnny's memories, they learn more about him and what brought him to his current position in life, including his largely unhappy marriage to his childhood sweetheart, River. Upon reaching his childhood, the doctors attempt to insert his desire to go to the moon. In theory, Johnny's mind would create new memories based on that desire, and Johnny would die believing he lived without any regrets. However, Johnny's mind does not create the new memories as planned. Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosaline must solve the problem to fulfill Johnny's dying wish of going to the moon. Eventually, it is revealed that Johnny and River met as children at a carnival. They looked at the night sky and made up a constellation, a rabbit with the moon as its belly. The two agreed to meet at the same place the following year, with Johnny promising that, sh that should he forget or get lost, the two would regroup on the moon. That night, Johnny gives River a toy platypus which River treasures for the rest of her life. Shortly after, Johnny's twin brother Joey is killed in an accident. Johnny's mother gave him beta blockers to induce memory loss of the tragic event, also causing him to forget his first encounter with River. He later happened to meet her again and eventually marry her, and River only realized later on that he had forgot their meeting at the carnival. Uh, Johnny confessed that he approached her in school because she was different and revealed that he thought that was their first meeting. River diagnosed and is an adult with Asperger's syndrome, although never directly stated, the game references Tony Atwood, who wrote numerous books about Asperger's, did not tell Johnny directly about their first meeting. Instead, she tried to indirectly jostle his memories by cutting her hair and crafting paper bunnies, including a dual-colored one representing the constellation they made up during their first encounter, combined with the blue and yellow dress she wore on their wedding. River was unable to make Johnny remember before she died, and Johnny was left with lingering guilt and an explicable desire to go to the moon. In the present time, Rosalind and Watts eventually implant a memory sequence in which Joey did not die and lived on to become a popular author, and Johnny did not meet River again until they started working together at NASA. 
As the comatose real-life Johnny begins to die, he imagines going on a moon mission with River. During the launch, River holds out a hand to him. The moon appears through a window on the ship, and Johnny takes her hand as his heart monitor flatlines. In the epilogue, Johnny and River eventually get married and build and retire to the same house where the real-life Johnny and River lived. Back in the real world, Rosalind and Watts look to Johnny's grave, which is placed adjacent to River's. They reveal to the audience that Johnny willed the house to his caregiver, Lily. Rosalind receives a phone call, and the two move on to their next patient. While Watts is leaving, he stops and the screen, briefly, the screen briefly flashes red, the same way it did when Johnny felt pain. Watts takes some painkillers, then follows Rosalind to their next adventure. Wow. This, it, Like I said, it's perhaps one of the most emotional games I've ever played in my life, and just reading about it again, like I said, it's, it's hard for me to to put into words what this game meant and what it did. That's why I had to actually look up an actual plot because I probably just would have talked in circles and, and would have gone, you know, I wouldn't have been able to put it into justice and do it justice just like that description did. So whoever wrote that for Wikipedia, well done. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Obviously, like I said, just reading it got me choked up. Um, one of the, one of the, like I said, one of the most emotional games I've ever played. So that's all I can say. That track was absolutely beautiful. Uh, not knowing, you know, what, what the game entailed. Wow, it definitely it, touched it, me. It hits hard. It hits hard. Yeah, uh, you definitely make my transition incredibly difficult here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there, 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 there's no way to actually transition, so you might as well there, just there, jump there, to there, it. There's, there's no way to go forward, so we're just going to go straight. That's the name of my track. Go straight for Streets of Rage Two. <laughs>
And that was Go Straight from Biyunakuru 2, Shitohino Tananko. Streets of Rage 2, or the Japanese title Bare Knuckle 2, Requiem of the Deadly Battle. Uh, composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Yes. Kawashima. Yes. Um, I could go over every song that Koshiro did, but let's, let's not do that. I'm just going to go over the titles that him and his partner, Motohiro Koshami, uh, Koshima, did together. Okay. So they are, obviously, they worked in the E series. Mm-hmm. Uh, most famously, their collaboration, Beyond Oasis. Okay, yeah. They also, they also worked on the Shinobi games and Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything these everything these guys do together or separately, just awesome. Yuzo Koshiro is uh, one of my favorite composers of all time. Yuzo Koshiro is amazing. I mean, the fact that we managed to, to get him... You, you had a Koshiro song earlier, did you not? Uh, the first episode of BG Mania, Volume 1, Radio Hour. No, not first episode yes. of BG. First episode of Radio Hour, Volume 1, had um, uh, his the track that he did for Shenmue 2. There you go. The Morning's Fog Wave. Yeah, so, great song. Yeah, it was a freaking awesome song. But yeah, Yuzo Koshiro is fantastic. Like I said, my probably one of my favorite composers in the gaming industry. Yeah, but Streets of Rage 2 um, came out in 92... Uh, it, it, it's the direct sequel to Street of Rage 1 a year later yes um, great game it's pretty much what happened uh, in Street of Rage 1 sorry if I'm spoiling a game that's over 20 years for you uh, I think it's okay uh, <laughs> you, you, you defeat the syndicate and Mr. X uh, and you chase them out of town well of course nothing lasts forever we both know hearts can change uh, So November rain there you go. So the, the Mr. X comes back now with his evil bodyguard Shiva, and it, it's it's the same story. You're beat, you, it's a beat 'em up across the city. They take down the evil crime syndicate. It's such a great game. I love me some beat 'em ups. Yeah, of course. Old, so old arcades, old arcade style. These are the kind of games that I would just pour my entire allowance into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why I was so glad when they actually came out on home consoles. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just, 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 just take my money ahead of time, so I don't have to constantly beg my mom for more quarters. Right. And Streets just, of Rage two, probably like one of the best beat 'em ups of all time. Yeah, definitely one of the strongest ones in the series. Yeah, easily. Uh, and just a killer soundtrack in general. Uh, Ghost Straight is like I believe is the first song you hear in the whole game. I think it is. And like I was talking to you after we made our picks, it's funny because I actually did. I made a pick from Streets of Rage two as well for this episode of BG Mania, but I switched it out for my last pick, which we'll get to here in a few minutes. Um, switched out the last minute too, so we almost had two tracks from Streets of Rage two without even realizing it, and without discussing it. So. I, I love that we do that. We're, we're, we're in each other's heads. I know. And you don't want to be in here. It's a dark, dark place full of. It's well, a dark, not really, yeah. It's a dark uh, place. Uh, dark place under that mask. Yeah, you just, it's just filled with wrestling knowledge and Cheetos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, 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 this is a series I would love to see how it can reprise this from oh, an era. Yeah, for hundred percent. I would love to. For, for modern beat em ups. Obviously, um, Double Dragon recently had a new game, Double Dragon 4, which wasn't that good. So, um, ah, it, good old Bimmy and Jimmy Lee. Yeah. So, hopefully, if, uh, if they did decide to reprise Streets of Rage, that it would actually be good. But uh, if Double Dragon's anything to go by, maybe these are just better left to like the 8 bit and 16 bit eras. But um, I, would love to, I would love to play another. I really would. Something All for right. modern. So. Um, but as I mentioned, I did have a track from Streets of Rage that I switched out for my last pick. So we're going to go ahead and jump to that last pick now. This one is called Devote for Nature from Radiata Stories.
And that was Devote for Nature from Radiata Stories, which was composed by Noriyuki Awadare, who most famously known for the Grandia series. Uh, he did the work for Grandia 1, 2, and 3, plus Extreme. Uh, he did some work for Mega Man X7. He's done some work for the Phoenix Wright series. Obviously, he did Radiata Stories. Um, he's done some of the Lunar games. Um, he did Langrisser. Uh, he did... What else has he done? He did the music for Sim Earth. Um, and then some other games that are, are lesser known. So, um, such a fun song, I think. Like I said, it, it obviously kind of goes against what I normally pick from. I, I do like to pick more slower, emotional songs. But there are some upbeat songs that I really like as well. Uh, this one more in particular. Radiata Stories, going back to... Um, you know, RPGs. I can't speak highly enough of this game and there's only been one game in the series and it's just this one radiata stories um basically this is an action role-playing game it was developed by triace and tricrescendo at the same time triace did most of the work tricrescendo did a lot of the sound work uh triace famous for the star ocean series they did the valkyrie profile series um they did infinite undiscovery they did resonance of fate uh and they also did some work on final fantasy 13 too um so hopefully that uh, obviously Star the newest Star Ocean Five Integrity and Faithlessness it didn't do so well like Square Enix was hoping it would for PlayStation Four. I'm hoping that didn't spell the end of the Star Ocean series. But Triace continues to find work. Um, you know they keep getting contracts from these other major studios because they're a great uh, JRPG development studio. Uh, they've been around for a long time and they've made some fantastic games, uh, just like Radiata Stories. Radiata Stories. Um, places a great emphasis on the persistent world that's in the game every single character that's in that game has their own life they have their own lifestyle they have their own likes they have their own dislikes they have their own jobs their own personalities they all live in a house i mean they they have a schedule that they follow day to day and a lot of times like when you're doing side quests or when you're actually trying to recruit people for your party you actually have to get to know these people and you have to get to you know to know their schedule and know where they're going to be that's pretty Um, cool yeah so it was a really deep game for the for the time this was released back in 2005 on the playstation 2 so you know like this whole concept of an open world a persistent world wasn't really done much and this was one of like the the pioneers of that and it's kind of cool um and and one of the fun things about this game is you can literally kick anything (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, like they, they and they made that that's part of the mechanic of the game, part of, of what they did. So like you could kick furniture, kick other inanimate objects, which actually, you know, turn up some money or turn up items that you would, uh, you know, need for the story. You can kick any NPC, which a lot of times would piss them off and they'd make you fight, you know, the main character, which was fun. <laughs> um, so and it's just like I said, just a, a, a super fun game. Much like the Sakodin series, which had a ton of characters to recruit, Radiata Stories played off that. Like I said, if you wanted to recruit NPCs, you had to learn their schedule. One of the things about this game, there's 176 NPCs that you can recruit for your party. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you can, and, and I did every single one of them. Um, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so some of them you literally only have to talk to once and they join your party because it sounds like fun. Others, like I said, you must locate them through a fetch quest or do a series of quests to get to them, uh, duel them, and, and beat them. You know, recruit them after a certain point in the story, after the main character becomes a certain level. A lot of them have their own ways and tells that they're like, you know, I'll, I'll join you if type of a thing. And you have to go out and do those. So it was a lot of fun. And it, it definitely added serious length to this game if you wanted to recruit all 176 characters. Um, 
and every single one of them had their own strengths, their own weaknesses, their own skills. So I mean, like it was just the the compositions that you could make was absolutely insane. Um, after the game ended, it unlocked a bonus dungeon called the Dragon Lair Cave, which let you go through and um, everyone that you recruited was out, you allowed to use them, and then. Um, you know, just go through this never-ending dungeon. Super cool. Like I said, it takes place in the land of Radiata, which very much like a Tales of game. You know, that similar art style, that similar aesthetic. Um, a, a very fun game. I cannot believe that this series just was a one-off game. It seems like they could have done so much more. I keep wishing Square Enix would go back to it and explore another another game in this franchise, but it doesn't seem like they're going to. Uh, it, and it did pretty well in terms of sales. I mean, it didn't light up the charts. It sold over 400,000 copies worldwide. That's again, Granted, that's not a lot, but that is a good amount as well, especially for a JRPG. Um, you know, that, those are respectable numbers. So I wish this series would have continued. It doesn't sound like it's going to, but um, yeah, I, I I adore this game, and I'd love. I'll probably play more tracks from it. Too. This whole soundtrack is good. So it is a great song, and it sounds fun. I mean, just like you said, to recruit 176 different people. It's a I lot. Only, I can only imagine how much time you poured into this game. Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it uh, looks like I have the honors of closing it out this week. You do. Um, so my song is probably from the newest game on this list. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have to say that is the case. Uh, this song is actually an original composition from Sonic the Sonic Mania called Studiopolis Zone. Um, this was composed by Tiago T. Lopez. Uh, he's a YouTuber as well, uh, known for doing remixes of uh, video game music. So they actually hired a fan uh, to go ahead. He has, he has lots of good uh, remixes for Sonic and Mario 64. Uh, yeah, and I and I didn't know that until you told me. Um, obviously, we're we're, we're going to talk about the song now before playing it, since it's a, it's our track that's taking us out. But um, I didn't know that you actually, or that he that he was a, like a famous YouTuber that actually did all these remixes and compositions for games until you actually told me that the other day. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, you know, because the game Sonic Mania itself is you know obviously it's under the Sega banner, but. This was this was this wasn't created by Sega. This this is a this is a reimagining of Sonic. So we we go back to a lot of the classic levels, right? Um, so so just I'm not going to spoil any storyline of this game whatsoever. But right, because you you uh, are still playing it. Yeah, I am still playing this game. I am about halfway through. I have not even uh, had a chance to play it yet. I, at this point, I think I'm going to get the PC version when it comes the, out. The, the, the way the way they, they seem to be doing it with levels, and maybe things will change along the way. But it seems like. Uh, First of all, I'll spoil it. I'm sorry, guys. You, you're going back to Green Hill Zone. Of course. Okay. Where else would you go? Where else would you start? And it's the classic Green Hill Zone music. Uh, the level itself plays almost exactly like the original Green Hill Zone, just with more updated. Uh, you play. You have the option of playing as Sonic and Tails together, Sonic by himself, Tails by himself, or Knuckles by himself. Uh, very much like reminiscent of Sonic uh, Three and Sonic uh, Sonic Knuckles that, that style. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, the music in, in for Green Hills is, is exactly the same, but that's for Act One. Right. Act Two seems to have a more remixed kind of version to it. It's, it, it's still very much in the vein of Green Hills. Right. But, but it's, so, and, and you know, other levels as you go through along the way, there's lots of other classic levels that mm-hmm. uh, you will remember from the series and, and, and new ones as well. But it seems to be that the first version is more of a classic. The second is more of a of a, of a reprise or a remake. I, I love that uh, with this one. But Studiopolis, Studiopolis is. Uh, this level was actually created to show Sega what you know was going on. So the level itself is original, the music is original. This was created to show uh, to show Sega that hey, look, 
this is what we want to do with Sonic, and this is what actually got them greenlit. So. Yeah, so this was developed by Headcanon. Um, Headcanon. Yeah, so a, a newer studio. Um, it was still published by Sega, but it yes. wasn't actually developed by Sonic Team, which is what you were talking about when you said, like, you know, this is Sega wasn't directly responsible for this. Um, and, and, and what Sega said is that basically the future of 2D Sonic is riding on the shoulders of Sonic Mania because it didn't seem like they were going to really go back and explore 2D Sonic anymore. They were going to move forward with the 3D Sonic, obviously. We're getting Sonic Forces at the end of this year, um, which is another 3D Sonic game, much like the adventure games. Hopefully it's as good. I don't know. I hope so. Hopefully it's not like 06. But um, Headcanon and uh, Pagoda West Games decided that they wanted to try to you know, keep the 2D Sonic series going forward. So, like you said, they went out to Sega, they they showed them what they could do, and, and they, they greenlit the game. So, I hope it does well. I really do, because I'd like to see what they can continue to do with the 2D Sonic series. I would love it. You're going to have a lot You're gonna have a lot of fun with this one. I can't wait for you to start playing this. Yeah, like I said, I, I didn't pick it up when it came out on the Switch. I really thought I was going to get it on there. Uh, at this point, I'm probably just going to wait to pick up the PC release. Um, that way I can e- more easily capture footage and, and do things on it for Twitch and stuff. So we'll we'll see. I don't even know if I'm going to get it right away just because I have to get you know finish all the other things. But I will play this game soon. I have to because I, I love I Sonic. Prob- I, I, I implore everyone. I, I've been saying this for a few episodes of other podcasts. Please buy Sonic Mania. Yes, I please. Want to, I want 2D Sonic to go on forever and ever, and I really hope you enjoy this track. This definitely encapsulates the funness of this new level, which I hope everyone gets to enjoy soon. Absolutely. So, again, uh, thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of BG Mania, Volume 2 of Radio Hour. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, BG Mania is posted on iTunes and Google Play, as well as uploaded on YouTube every Wednesday morning. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, please reach out to us in the comments section below or on Twitter. Uh, we can be found at OriginalLDG. Uh, L. Frank Caro is at L. Frank Caro. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Or you can go to our main outlet, leveldowngames.com. Please be sure to like and share this video and subscribe to us here on YouTube to stay up to date on all things Level Down Games. And for future episodes of BG Mania, Max Level, which is our video game podcast, Game Oracles, our video game trailers-focused show, The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, our professional wrestling podcast, and of course, our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, Top 10 Series, and so much more. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't already done so. Helps us in the search results for those um, engines greatly. We can also be found on Facebook and twitch.tv slash games for all of our live streams. So again, taking us out of this episode is El Francaro's last pick. It's Studiopolis, is that Studio, Studiopolis Act 1 yeah. from Sonic Mania. Enjoy, and thanks again for joining us this morning. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.